Hi, Fiber friends. Welcome to the Fiber Artist Podcast today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you'd like to take a little shopping trip, head to neuromastudio.com and get 15% off using the code PODFRIEND. We have a huge selection of premium cotton rope and string, recycled cotton rope and string, merino wool roving, art yarn, recycled silks and ribbons, and tons of other scrumptious fibers for weaving and macrame. Again, the code is PODFRIEND for 15% off at Neroma Studio. If you're enjoying these episodes, please don't forget to like each episode, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, and leave a comment or ask a question. I will definitely answer you. Another thing you can do to help out the pod is tell all your creative friends about it. It really helps to spread the word. Now, finally, for today's guest, we have Meg Spitzer on the pod. I am such a huge fan of Meg's work. Her Monstera macrame is behind me. So obviously, I like her work. Um, And uh, I actually just commissioned another piece from her that will replace that one. So I am really excited to debut it soon. Meg and I chat about her early years, how she was drawn to art and creative endeavors from an early age, and how that carried her through to adulthood. We chat a bit about her process, her cross-country move from New York to California, and how motherhood and a bit of isolation helped her to find her creative soul again. You can find Meg online at megspitzer.com and on Instagram at meg.spitzer. All right, enough rambling from me. Here's Meg. So how are you doing today? Thanks for joining me on the pod. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is like such a bucket list item, so I just can't believe it's real. (laughs) You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, I have to say, um, I have been a big fan of your work for a very long time, which you have to know since I have an original Meg Spitzer up behind me. And um, in a couple of weeks or however long, I don't know, um, I'll have another one, right? <laughs> Very soon. Yes. I'm yes. so excited. I'm Thank excited you. too. Um, so I guess before we kick it off, um, can you just introduce yourself, your name and where people can find you online and on Instagram? Yeah. So um, I'm Meg Spitzer and um, Instagram is just Meg.Spitzer and then my website is just MegSpitzer.com. Okay. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess like if you just want to, um, I'm trying to think of how how long have I known of you? I'm not even sure. I just know that there comes a time like, you know, I scroll so much and I like see so many different artists and like sometimes people's work just totally speaks to you and yours always has to me, like directly to me. So I know I've been following you for a little bit, um, but tell me, how did this all start for you and how did you, I mean, and you can even go way back. We can get talk childhood. Have you always been creative? Um, and then just how did you find fiber? Yeah. Okay. So I'll take it way back because I mean, that's where it starts, I guess. Yeah, totally. I I think so, too. So I was always creative as a child. Um, It was always a part of me making with my hands, um, drawing. um, And my mom says that I wasn't interested in walking because I was too busy drawing. Really? Oh, my God. And I was just very content. And I was always coloring and painting and making messes and painting rocks was my first um, big business venture as a five-year-old. I would find perfect canvas rocks and there was this extensive washing process. And so every sink in my house was full of rocks. And then I would lay them out to dry and I would paint them and try to sell them. Um, and then in middle school, I actually had a little bit of a friendship bracelet business. I had like a hot pink and black um, little plastic suitcase that I would pack them with and bring them to school and try to sell them between periods. Nice. I remember um, the friendship bracelet days. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably the only interaction with fiber art I had until like, 2019 um just I don't know why it took me so long to get with the program but um so what did you do in between there um so high school college yeah um so there was a like a magnet program at my high school visual performing arts CPA you had to submit a portfolio so I put the friendship bracelet business aside to make a portfolio (laughs) Um, in eighth grade, and then I got into that in ninth grade. And that was cool because they had all these very kind of eccentric 
um, teachers, and they all were doing all of the studio art, ceramics, um, mixed media, painting, charcoal drawing, a lot of, um, not figure drawing that young, but um, still life. That's the word I'm looking for. Still life, photography, got into photography. We had like a little mini turnstile dark room in the back of the photography class. Oh, that's so awesome. You basically had a dream childhood and dream, yeah. I mean, education as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So is this really in Southern cool. California? No, this was in Florida. So oh, okay. I was actually, I was born in Schenectady, New York. Um, and then we moved to Orlando when I was seven because my dad always wanted to work for Disney. Um, and so he moved me, my brother, and my two newborn sisters, twins, to Florida to work for Disney. Cool. So, what did he do yeah. for Disney? Was he, he just, something creative? I mean, he kind of... <laughs> He's a, like, he's a finance guy. Um, he had his own electrical business when he graduated high school and just like started his own business right out of high school. So never went to college, um, had a family uh, in the Schenectady area. Mm-hmm. And then hit, like my parents just always were obsessed with Disney and they went on their honeymoon and they, we always vacationed there. Oh, you guys were like big year. Disney people. That's so yeah. funny. Like I have friends from high school who are like, I mean, they're like die hard, you know, so everybody sort of dresses the same when they go there yes. and they all have, um, and they like plan it. They plan every outfit and they plan every like photo. It's so cute. Yeah. You like, I wore the costumes to the parks mm-hmm. so I could be like the characters and yeah, so that was us. Um, and so we moved, he moved us when I was seven, my brother was three, and then my sisters were, they were just born in July. I think we moved in like October or something. So yeah, they were Do you have twin sisters? Twin sisters, oh, yeah. They're wow. seven years younger than me. Okay, wow. Um, so yeah, so I grew up in Orlando and um, that was interesting. Um, we went to Disney all the time because, so he, he started actually scooping ice cream at Epcot, the land, the ride. Um, and then he just kind of figured it out from there and just kept getting promoted and just kind of, they're really good about, um, promoting people within the company. So, um, yeah, he's still there. He's actually maybe hopefully retiring this year, but we never really believe him. When he oh says my he, gosh, he he's still there. That's refuses awesome. to leave. <laughs> I mean, the happiest place on earth. What are you going to do? I know. <laughs> I know. He agrees. He agrees. So, um, yeah. So I went to high school at Dr. Phillips High School mm-hmm. in Orlando, and they had the VPA program, and then they had one other magnet program um, for international, like CIS. Uh, Center for International Studies was the okay. other one. So they oh, had cool. two magnets. And so the drama program was big. It was like drama, music, art. Maybe there was another one, but I can't remember. Um, oh, dance. Okay. Um, and then I graduated in 2001. And immediately, well, I went to college that summer. So I moved out, went to University of Florida in Gainesville. Um and went to their College of Fine Arts. So the first two years, you just do studio classes, same thing, you know, painting, charcoal. They have like an art boot camp there you have to go to the first two semesters, or it's the first semester, and then whoever is left um, gets to take the studio classes the rest of the year. So did you have Um, like um, a concentration? Like, did you know if you wanted to go in a certain direction? I have no idea. I had always had an affinity for drawing. Um, charcoal was kind of my, my jam. And that was only solidified in the first two years of school. But I knew that I, I wanted to move to New York City after I graduated college. And I thought I should probably do something more um, in the line of like graphic design or um, digital arts is what I ended up going with just so I could um, get a job. Do- Um, well that's a big part of not only going to New York but staying in New York totally Um, and but it was really it was a hard decision because that's when I look back at my life that's when I really lost that tangible Mm -hmm. material in my hands yeah 
You know, like I moved to New York and then it was just all about staying there and making money and making a living. And I, um, you know, it's hard when you first move to New York, but I think I did not take that into consideration Mm -hmm. in my struggles. Like that was my therapy. It always had been my therapy. And I didn't put that together until years, years later. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You lose yourself. Your first few years, I mean, I, I say you lose yourself. I guess you're just in the process of finding yourself. But I definitely, the same thing happened. I think I just was like, okay, I need to survive. I need to make money. And I partied a lot, you know, but I was like making money just yeah. so I could party. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. it, and you're having fun. So you're not really thinking about what your soul needs in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like you just, it's day to day. Exactly. <laughs> Which I kind of exactly. like, you kind of need that maybe in your 20s for a little bit um, to have the experience. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were the best and the worst years of my life. Totally, my early twenties. I mean, they were so hard. They were so magical. You know, I just I'm so grateful for them. I wouldn't change anything about them. Um, but I, yeah, I I, I stopped making. You mm-hmm. know, I painted occasionally. I'd find these like canvases on the street in Brooklyn on my way home, and I'd carry them back to my apartment. I paint on them, but that was really the extent of it until. Um, I moved to LA and had kids. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you yeah. refined yourself. Wait, so when you were in New York, what um, what were you doing for work? <sighs> okay, so my first job, I was a um, a server at a small restaurant. You may have heard of it, Planet Hollywood in Times <laughs> Square. Yes. Because I thought, you know, naive little Floridian coming into the big city, that's where all the money was and that's where you made your, you know, your tips and I was wrong I was wrong (laughs) but it was a great learning experience um so I was there for six months um and then I got a job as a studio manager at a graphic design like a very small graphic design studio Mm -hmm. um in Flatiron it was um just me and the owner and the actual graphic designer so I would kind of accept all the artwork coming in keep the office organized, do inventory, stuff like that. I mean, we probably passed each other on the streets a bunch of times because that's where my, my office was I... in Flatiron too. Um, and it's so funny because we we used to, when I was at the PR firm, we um, used to share the office with a graphic design firm that was exactly like what you're describing. It was like a three to four person office. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm pretty sure we walk by each other like a million times. Yeah, 19th Street. <laughs> nice. Yep. I was on um, 20. We're on 27th first, and then we moved to 26th, I guess. Yeah, I think 26th. But okay. yeah, so funny. Yeah. So, so that was in gosh, 2002, 2000. I moved to New York my 22nd birthday in 2005. Oh, so you went so like right after 2006. school. I was out out of here. I was like, let's do this. I'm ready. Yeah. So then I was there for about a year or two. But um, so my major, back to what I actually graduated in digital arts and sciences, was more like time-based media production, post-production, so video, video editing, um, that sort of thing. So I wanted to be an editor. So I um, got a job after about a year at a video post-production facility um, called Vidiots in the West Village. Mm, And I was there for four years, I think. Um, Same thing, pretty admin job, but I would stay after and kind of shadow the editors because they were always working late and trying to, you know, make deadlines and stuff. Mm. And then I realized that they kind of lived in the darkness. Um, and they were just in this avid room, you know, for these very long days, eight to 10 hours a day um, with one other person. And they, um, didn't really see the sun and they worked so hard and they loved it and they were good at it and they were making a lot of money. Um, but I just was like, I don't know if that feels like it's something that would bring me joy. Um, if I should pursue because I was just really like you said going out hanging out socializing like very much way more social than I am now just very <laughs> loving it you know all of that part of life so um I started baking this is when I started Ooh. baking 
And I went to like a 12-week baking course at the um, Institute of Culinary Education in New York. And I learned how to bake, you know, everything from bread, cookies, cakes. I love cakes. They were my favorite. So I would bake things. I'd bring them into the the post-production facility and I'd serve them to all the clients and I started making cakes for friends and parties and I started making cakes that were in the shapes of like dogs and cats and oh, how fun. I did like um I did a Schlitz beer can with like a metallic edible spray one cool. for um, my brother-in-law and so that was really fun so then I got to make and be creative again in that way um and then I started shadowing a chef after hours and helping him with um, his payroll for a big event space in the Upper East Side. Um, so this is actually, all while you're working for the post-production studio? Yeah. So you're like planning your exit? Pretty much. <laughs> I'm, I'm always kind of like thinking about the next thing. Yeah. Like what's next? What's next? Especially if I'm not, you know, content or if I'm, you know, not as happy as I know I could right. be. right. I think it's just human nature to just always be like, hmm, what else is good? Right. Like, does this still fulfill me? Yeah. Right. And especially when you're you're that young, like I was like, I'm just going to try it all and like see what sticks. And um, I started working in the pastry kitchen and that's how I met this chef. It was like Mm -hmm. through a friend and he was like, hey, can you help me? Can you come up when you're off your shift and do um, the payroll and the inventory and the invoicing. And I was like, yeah, I love that stuff. So then I started doing that. And then a full-time gig opened up in the accounting department at the event space. Mm-hmm. And so I moved over there into events and I was doing accounting and then I would do like some pastry on the side. And then I started doing, um, selling and coordinating the events. And that was probably 2010, okay. I would say. I love how your um your journey like it sort of it transitions but so smoothly. Like were you were you kind of freaking out or would you just be like, oh, opportunity here, time to go this way? I think I I, I don't remember freaking out. I yeah. now that I'm like old and kind of <laughs> set in my ways, I think I'd be freaking out more. Yeah. But at the time it was like, oh sure, I'll say yes. Like, sure, I'll do this. And I just love working. I love being busy. I love I mean, I've had a job since I was fifteen. I like I got a job at a juice bar when I was fifteen. And I nice. just always worked. And you know, um I find joy in being busy and it makes it just, you know. I feel alive and it makes me feel good. And um, so I kind of just kept going, going, going. And then um, I ended up selling and coordinating events, which is like so, it's such a weird topsy-turvy way of getting to where I am today. But I just kind of like, I don't know, like I, I was drawn to certain things and I just kind of followed breadcrumbs no matter where they or how random they seemed, and yeah, um, yeah. You're like a, an example of the power, the power of yes. That book where you're like the supposed to say yes, you're, something like that, right? Where you're supposed to say yes to everything that comes. Yeah. Well, now I'm uh, saying no. Yeah. Now. No. Exactly. And then I know. And <laughs> then the I'm next tired. book came out, and they were like, "No, now you now you need to learn how to say no." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I needed to read that book. Yes, but now, now I'm tired. I'm like, oh, I can't say yes anymore. I've said yes so many times. I'm just gonna say no. Totally. Yeah. So you did events for how long? So I did events. Um. So for two years. Two years? No. 2010. And then I got. Oh, I got married in 2012. And then I got pregnant in 2015. So, okay. so five years. Okay. And were you, wow, so uh, when did you end up moving to LA? So, um, I had my son in April of 2016 and then we moved in September. Oh, okay. Okay. So you were yeah, in New so York that whole pretty, time. I was in New York the whole time. Oh, yeah. Wow. In Brooklyn? I was in, well, so I started in the East Village and mm-hmm. I was in Queens then I was in Brooklyn, and I popped back into the West Village for a year. I missed Brooklyn, so I went back to Brooklyn. Nice. But Brooklyn was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I always just Mine came too. from Brooklyn because I was there most of the time anyways. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
So that's a big yeah. change, though, to go from Brooklyn to LA. Do you have family or any anybody in LA, or was that no. was that a move based on what? It was a move based on my husband's job. Okay. So he got a job offer. He's in television. I actually met him at the post the post production facility. Oh, nice. He was. He was working for HBO Sports at the time, and he was a client. So um, I flirted pretty heavily with him. Nice. (laughs) And then you scored. (laughs) And vice versa. And then, um, yeah, so then that, yeah, that was 2016. It was a crazy year. We kind of, we felt like we were ready to leave the city. You know, I was about to have Jack. And um, we've been talking. We were there for 11 years. His yeah. He actually grew up in Vermont. His parents were still there. And we always go to, we went to Vermont. We still do now, you know, with the exception of the past two years. But Vermont's like our summer happy place. Nice. That's a great, great um, place so to go in the like, summer. Yeah, it's kind of like our second home. So it was kind of like he knew that a job offer here might be coming, but he wasn't sure. And so we were kind of like, okay, well, if they promise, we'll go to L.A. If it doesn't, we'll go to Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt like the time was right to leave the city anyways. Yeah. Um, and then he got the call and then we moved out here. But we didn't I, – I don't know any – I didn't know anyone out here. Yeah. And I had a, you know, six-month-old baby – um, and he was working all the time and, you know, TV, the hours are long. So it was tough, you know, but we made it work and I just joined a bunch of mom groups and tried to get out as much as I could and, um, made a few friends. We were on the West side in Mar Vista mm-hmm. for, um, I think three years. I had my daughter there and then we moved to Studio City in January of 2020. Oh, nice. Good timing, I guess, too. So, we were like, is this the best timing or the worst timing? And we have no idea which one it is. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, if you're familiar with LA at all, I was like, oh, we'll still see friends, you know, on the West Side. It's not that far. And it's not that far on Sundays when there's no traffic. Right. Like 20, 25 minutes. But it's far enough that we were essentially starting over again and then COVID happened a month later and then we were told, I mean, we were just an island. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But market wise, I guess it was probably good to buy the house January, 2020 versus like June of 2020 because weird shit happened with COVID, you know, I know, at least with real estate. So it's been crazy. It's insane. It's totally insane. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So then, when did you – so you had two very young kids, mm-hmm. um, and then you started making in 2019. So how did that happen? How did that come about? So my daughter was born in March of 2018, and then I I love – so I've heard this story so many times, and I love it. It warms my heart so much how I started because I wanted to find something – for her room and for over her crib and I being an East Coaster I'm just perpetually afraid of earthquakes all the time oh yeah I, I hope one doesn't that. happen during this conversation because you'll see how I react and it's not very cool it's very uncool <laughs> wait so have you experienced a few now I've that you've been there a couple that I really felt um the last nice. one I, I did the opposite of what you're supposed to do when I got up and started running around and my mom <laughs> thankfully was sitting next to me and I was like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And she was like, we sit down. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, so I well. sat down. <laughs> oh my but God. I, I think I was just like, my impulse was to run to the kids, but they were in their beds. They were safe. Um, you know, there's no safer place to like what am I gonna do I'm gonna wake them up and freak them out so um so anyways I was trying to find something for about her crib without corners you know in case it fell off the wall or something and I didn't know at the time that rope was heavy (laughs) I just wanted I was just talking to my mom and I was like what are those things they're they're big and they're soft and they're made of like I don't know rope or yeah I had no words I didn't know what words to use and she was silent for the longest time. And she was like, macrame? <laughs> and shocked. Shocked. And I was like, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's macrame. 
And so she thought it was hilarious. And she got me a macrame wall hanging kit for Christmas that year. Oh, that's so nice. 2018. And I think it was a joke, but I did it in like two hours. And I was obsessed. Totally hooked. Um, That's awesome. Buy more rope. And and I think, um, yeah, that was January 2019 is when I started macrame and then I started leaving I think November of 2019 okay wow so it hasn't even really been that long it hasn't really been although it also feels probably really long because the last few years have been so weird you know yeah yeah I mean I think that I've had a lot more like hands-on time than I would have had maybe in any other year yeah yeah for sure for sure I've just been home you know and I've had the little ones and so um, keeping my hands busy leads to a lot of um, tapestries. Yep, for sure. Wait, so when your mom, <laughs> when you guys figured out that it was macrame you want to make, was she having flashbacks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was born in '62, so yeah. she had seen a lot of a lot of it, and she couldn't she couldn't believe it. And now she's you know she's a huge supporter. Yeah, she's very um, it's not a joke anymore, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, this is my business now. <laughs> she got a kick out of it at the beginning, for nice. sure. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, so after you did have kids, did you go back to work in any capacity other than when you found your fiber practice? I didn't. I was home with Jack, um, and then I got pregnant. Oh, so let's see. I started actually, I I was having a hard time being at home, Um with Jack and I, I couldn't figure out why and I couldn't figure out what I needed. And then I think it was my husband who one day was like, why don't you go take an art class? Um, and I was like, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where I am. I never know where I am in LA. <laughs> I still am lost all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> That's I how I feel like- when I go there. I'm like, I, I just like, thank God for, you know, GPS because if we were still having to map quest everything or something like that, I would just be lost all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I still use my GPS every every time I go out because there's the traffic is different. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's I'm always lost and I just accepted it. <laughs> um, but I found a little art studio in Culver City, Klein Art Academy, I think it was, and they had these figure drawing classes. And so I would be able to go and be alone you know, not alone, but myself with other people for three hours, just drawing um, these models. And it was heaven. So and nice. I would, leave, I would leave there. It was like, I think it was nine to 12 on like Saturday mornings. And I would leave like I had just gone to the spa. I was yeah. so relaxed. I was so grounded. I was so centered. And it was obvious what I needed in my life. Um, and I, so that was February of 2017 and then I got pregnant in June of 2017. So I was like, I guess I'll just stay home. I did go on a couple of interviews when I was pregnant with my daughter, but I was pregnant and (laughs) I feel like it didn't go anywhere. Time to interview people. Really hard. Um, Yeah. And I couldn't, I, you know, I really loved events and I loved being at events and I knew I could, you know, figure out how to do it here in LA, of course, but I couldn't figure out, you know, just with the schedule and long hours and weekends and these two little ones. And I just, I was trying to, you know, figure it out. And, and then I just kept making and, and then for a minute there, I wanted to um, apply to an art therapy master's program. So I was making and I was making a portfolio um, to apply to that. I still might someday. It's kind of very um, intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, at Loyola Marymount, I think it is. But then I just kept making and then I got involved, you know, with my kids' schools and stuff. And now I'm busy again. And it's great, you know. So that's kind of where I am. Nice. So do you still have the piece that you made for your daughter's room? I never made it. Oh, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that not how it always goes? I like I'm like I bought um, a canopy bed thinking that I would do some kind of curtain something on it, you know, like on all the sides. Nothing. It's bare. It's bare naked. And yeah, I have no... (laughs) 
all of my best laid plans have just not gone anywhere. I know. I know. That's how it happens. But you're not alone. I feel like that's just how it goes sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll make it someday. I'll make it maybe for her college dorm or something. (laughs) Yeah. That's when she'll really appreciate it. Because, you know, toddlers don't really – toddlers don't give a shit, you know? No. No. I have tried to hang stuff in her room, and she has asked me to to take it out. Really? She has very um, specific opinions for what she wants oh, for Oh, interesting. To look like. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'll try and take it to you personally. Oh, wow. You know, it's so weird that this is bringing me back. I made um, just out of roving, like two puffy, cloudy sort of pieces for a friend of mine. Um, oh, Die Queen. Wait, is that who I gave it to? I don't know. It was like for one of one for each of her kids' rooms, a girl and a boy. And I think her younger kid was like scared of it. Like she couldn't hang it up. She said she was scared of it. And she was like, you know, two or something at the time. But yeah. I was like, oh, weird. Like it's so fluffy and soft. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. There's something she doesn't like. Yet. There's something. Yeah. I, maybe Kids are like weird. When the lights go out and there's a shadow, maybe it makes a weird shadow. Maybe. Like, it pops off the wall. I don't know. I mean, I. Yeah. So funny. All right, girl, you do you. I'll support you in in all of your endeavors. Totally. Do you, wait, so how old are they now, your kids? So Jack is five and B is four. She just turned four. They're still little. Last week. Yeah, they're little. Are they in school now? Are you, are you getting some time? Yeah. I, I say it and I always knock on wood when I say it. I know. Because although recently it's been, I'm the past few weeks I've been like, okay, all right, maybe school is a consistent thing. Yeah, yeah. My our kids' um, school as of today are now masks are optional, which okay. is huge. Yeah, wow. I know. Wow. I was like, oh, are you excited to see your friends' faces? My kid was like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, I see him when we have snack. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I part of me is like it seems like a bigger deal to us, maybe because yeah, I, don't know. I mean, they're so used son, to it. Yeah, they're so used to it. And my son last Monday they started making masks optional outside, and so his friends outside they all I got a picture sent to me, and they're all maskless except for Jack because oh. he's he's just he's so used to it and, yep. and so he came home and I was like you know we talked about outside and it's okay with us as a family if you want to take it off it's okay he's like I know but you said it's my choice I'm like you're right it's your choice yeah yeah oh so cutie he'll do it when he's ready <laughs> yeah totally I know my my younger one said he's like a lot of kids say they're gonna keep theirs on so I'm gonna decide when I get to school what what I want to do I said like, that's fine yeah. And then my yeah. older one, he's he's almost 10, but it was so funny. Like he, without fail, every morning has like a dry toothpaste in the corner of his mouth. So I'm always uh-huh. telling him to clean it. But I don't think he cared because he was always wearing a mask. Like he just never looks at his face after he's done brushing his teeth. And today, without being prompted, he, he was like, oh, yeah, today we don't have to wear masks, right? And I said, yeah. And he was like, do I have anything on my face? <laughs> I was like, so you do think about it. He just didn't care before. Now we have to start asking ourselves that question again. I know. If there's something in my teeth or if there's something exactly. in my face. Exactly. I know. Yeah. It was kind of nice for so long to just not have to think about it. Totally. I mean, frankly, you almost didn't have to like brush your teeth because you're just you're, I know. You're only killing yourself, you know. <laughs> there were some mornings. Of course. There were some mornings. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, girl. I know. Off. I know. <laughs> I mean, I would stretch it to like three PM, be like, Oh, I think it's time. <laughs> Did I? I (laughs) At that point, you've had coffee and whatever. It's like, eh, you know. (laughs) And it was such a solitary lifestyle, too. It's like, who am I talking to? It doesn't matter. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, Well, I would love to know a little bit more about your creative process because um, I don't know. I, I am so, like, I marvel at your pieces. I mean, I even have the Monstera piece. And I, it just, my mind is boggled. So um, I'm, I guess I'm curious, like, how do you, when when ideas spark for you, is it something that, like, they come before you start a piece? Do you plan things out? Um, is, it, is it, are things just serendipitous? It's kind of random. It's as random as my life. Yeah. It just comes to me when it does. And I, I have a running list and the notes 
section of my phone of just things I want to try, things, you know, ideas I have. Um, I'll sketch them out if that's applicable. Sometimes I have like these crazy dreams and I'll wake up oh, and nice. I'll just like sketch them out really fast before they're gone. Um, a lot of times I find inspiration in architecture and interior design. So like a room, I'll see a picture of a room with like random colors, you know, that work really well um, throughout the room that I never would have thought of or rugs, Mm -hmm. um, other textiles and yeah, it's just things with, um, there's like, (laughs) I found, I really love this like fence I saw the other day, structures for some reason really speak to me, clean lines, um, geometric spaces. It's, yeah, it's so random. That's funny. I felt the same Um, way when I was weaving more. Um, I was really into, like, even walking around New York, I remember taking a photo of, like, um, the facade. in Like, on Houston, there were, like, I don't know, there was this facade of, like, three buildings connected. And just the way that, like, the light was hitting it at at that point. And because they were kind of, like, blush pink and a pale yellow and then, like, a clay brown. And all three together, I just, I was like, oh. And I ended up using that photo for a piece that I wove. And it was probably one of my favorite pieces. I, I don't even know where it went. I guess I sold it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Architecture hit me a lot. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, as far as I totally get that. Yeah. For sure. I know. I, and I, I'll go like in the in um, Vermont in the summers. Mm. I'll be totally immersed in nature and I'll, I'll like look for it, you know, but I just feel relaxed. It's almost like my mind just like turns off. It's like, not totally. that it's like no inspiration here, but um, it just does, it goes somewhere else. Completely. Um, yeah. Well, I think you have to turn it off in a way in order to receive information, yeah. you know, like to yeah. bring in input because otherwise it's just like spinning, you know? Yeah, like getting out into nature thing. So um, since you're in Southern California, do you um, are you a hiker or do you get out and like, you know, <laughs> no, no, no beach, no beach time? Well, definitely beach time with okay. the kids. I mean, we go on Sundays and we just, you know, we run around on the beach and that's that's our jam. I miss nice. the beach from being on the west side, being so close. I mean, I can right. run a mile, you know, and be at the beach and run up and down the beach and my whole week was made. Um, but yeah, here it's hiking. We're right next to a big hiking trail. And so whenever I tell anyone where I live, they're like, oh, so you, you hike and I have to break the news that I am not a hiker. <laughs> no. I have done it and I will do it again, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Like when I was, I went to LA in 2017, I think for like a pop-up and, um, I mean, what is that famous hiking spot? Like, uh, is it Runyon? Yes, Runyon Canyon. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay, well, I'm in LA, so I guess I should hike. So yeah. I remember I, I brought my sneakers and everything. It was nice. <laughs> it was very nice to, you know, get out yeah. and do it. It was just so funny to see because it's so popular mm-hmm. that like, I feel like I saw a couple famous people and like, it was like, so it was kind of a scene. You know, yeah, I know. I was like, this isn't quite the nature, the connection (laughs) to nature thing that I thought it would be, but I'm gonna take a selfie because this is what we do, right? Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, I wish I was more into it, really, because whenever I do it, I'm like, yeah, no, it's beautiful. What you know, this, this scenic overlook is beautiful, and I'm glad I'm here. I'm ready to go home and have lunch. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I just, for me, I'm, I'm, I'd much rather put on, you know, music and go for a run. Yeah. And oh, I get so you're a runner. I get the same adrenaline. Yeah, for that. sure. Um, do you feel like in your, in your creative journey right now, are you full of inspiration or are you having creative blocks? Um, I feel... Because I feel like there's no middle. I don't know. I for, <laughs> Yeah. You know, like. I, I'm inspired. I'm inspired right now. Yeah. It's, it feels really, it's good. And when I'm not, when I'm, you know, having, because we all have moments of the drought, you mm-hmm. know, where it's just like, oh, but it helps to have, you know, that list or I always keep, an, you know, inspiration 
board um, with pictures like the one you described of the, the colors on the building. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if I'm really um, just not feeling it, I don't force myself, you know, I don't, I don't want to force anything if it doesn't feel like the right time. And so then I'll just, you know, take classes or do more tutorials and learn different techniques because I know I want to weave and I know I want to use my hands and I know that that's therapeutic and grounding to me and it will help me feel at peace um and so sometimes just the act of doing what someone tells me to do is so you know so needed yeah and so helpful definitely um with your squish squares how did those come about was there like a <laughs> that's what they're called right <laughs> yeah um so they I did the first one with just a macro like I just had rope you know mm -hmm. hanging down and then I made the rope grid um and then I tried it was actually um cross stitch I did a cross stitching tutorial and I loved the act of it and mm -hmm. the idea of it but I didn't love how small it was I'm more of a macro and less of a micro so I was like how can I do this technique on a bigger scale awesome so I made the rope grid and then I used roping because it's so fun and squishy mm -hmm. um and then I just did the same cross-stitch action in the big rope okay. grid that I made but it wasn't um weighted down you know on the bottom and the side so it was kind of and I, I knew I could improve on it. It was good in the end, but it was a struggle to get it right. all even right, right, and right. hold it in place. Um, and so I met this woodworker, this local woodworker who actually made the looms, the party roll looms. Oh, nice. For the kits. And I was like, can you make these square frames for me? It's just a frame with holes. He's like, yeah, sure. And he, they're way you know more beautiful than what I had in my head even oh it's so nice um so I just got a batch of those and that has been very um therapeutic to make squish squares you know um the past couple months I would just make a squish square and I you know I had all these patterns that I sketched out in my sketchbook and I would just throw some colors together that I thought looked cool and um yeah they're all different <laughs> They're so pretty and like, um, I don't know, it's fun because all the different kind of palettes you can choose for them. But you know what I'm like dying to see? And you probably have them, like some of them I'm sure have sold or whatever, but like on a wall, like installed Ooh. next to each other, but with no space in between them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like one giant quilt. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, you know how like they have those things where they're like a photo of a person, but you, if you zoom in, uh, you can see that it's like, individual pictures of yeah. other things you know it's I like know, it reminds me of that I would love to see that totally. and then like take a wide shot of it just so pretty <laughs> a big wall size yeah 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 that would be very cool be very cool I'll and also have, somebody commission it, it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll, talk to, I'll talk to him about it yeah I love him um, very cool. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned like you, sometimes you dream and you sketch. Has any of those, have you been able to turn any of those into reality, into a piece? Um, no. <laughs> I had a dream last summer. This is the one that I just always think about. And it was um, my mother-in-law, she has a lot of artist friends and she brought me to this gallery that her friend um, was was putting on and featuring all of her art in and it was two rooms I remember it so clearly and it was all neutral which is weird for me because I'm such a color lover um and I was just so smitten um with how they were made and I can't even really describe how they were but they were all you know different um like white and cream and neutrals and it was um I can't even describe it it was kind of like a it was like a screen I know it's hard to talk about <laughs> but in different <laughs> shapes and it was woven through and I've tried to replicate it and I can't and I I still go back to the sketches um, but that one haunts me um, other ones have been colors, mostly, I would say, different color combinations. Um, and then one piece that I made did come from a dream. Which one was that? I can't remember what one that was. 
But it is very gratifying when you see something in your dream yeah, and then yeah. you make it. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like, ah, oh, that wasn't really what I thought it was going right, to be. Right, right. <laughs> or it could just but end up becoming try. something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Completely different and beautiful in its own way. Yeah, um, totally. So you have to try. I mean, I just, I always, you know, check back to see what um, – my to-do list. I always have just a running to-do list. And if I have, you know, a bunch of commissions lined up and I'm just doing a bunch of commissions, those thoughts still come. Those dreams still come. Those ideas still come. Those don't stop. So yeah. I, I just write it down and sketch it out. So it's there when I have time for it. So you're you're smart that you write it down and sketch it out because I feel like I end up letting them leave my brain, which is not, not good. <laughs> like even when I was at the peak of like my making time, I, I feel like I don't know. I just never got any of it down. I think because I don't think yeah. I'm like not a good sketcher, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I've done that too. It's like you can't capture all of it. You can't. Yeah. Some of it, you're going to lose some of it. And um, that's just that's just part. But it's also such a gift to have, you know, to be able to receive those thoughts and ideas. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, have them have them come to you so I just try to focus on that part of it yeah definitely well you know what's crazy I have followed you forever and I see all, all I thought I saw all of your posts but I did not I did not know that um you were doing party roll kits until I started researching for this conversation so if anyone else is maybe in that same boat please talk about your party roll kits <laughs> And and put them out there and publicize it because I'm dumb and I did not know they were there. No, no, it's I think it's just the nature of how things are these days. Like I'm not seeing, you know, so many people that I want to see and so many artists that I follow. I have to search them out. It's yeah. just kind of you know, how it is these days. I know, and it's not only even like searching them out, but it's like you have to be constantly browsing and engaged in like every story to actually see. And then even if you are doing that, you're. I mean, how much are you lingering on a certain story or a person or whatever or post? You know what I mean? Like we're just moving so quickly that we're moving so quickly. Yeah, and I I wish I had more control over me too what was shown to me because I just I want to I want to see I want to support I want to you know yeah. I want to engage but I also just I I get to a point where I'm like I gotta I gotta stop I gotta I step back for a second because I can't do what Instagram. Right. right. Plus, and every day. Totally. Plus, you said like you wish you had more control over what Instagram shows you. I also wish I had more control over my own thumb. Like, because mm. sometimes don't you just like zone and scroll? Like, we are literally like uh, stuck in a loop of just moving your thumb over. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, blah, yeah, blah, I blah. Do. And nothing is actually registering. You're just like, yeah, you know, it's like this. Yeah, it's become so mindless. And I I would like to be more mindful as I as I do it now, you know, totally. I'm really trying to be more mindful, but that has its repercussions. Yeah. As well. I know. Well, time. I mean, what's then? I know you've already spent like three hours on it. And then I know. where's the day gone? Exactly. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I know. So anyway, yes, tell everybody about your party roll kits. <laughs> yeah, so party rolls, um, party rolls started a couple years ago. I just made these long, skinny, they're like 24 inches long, they're like four inches wide um, scrap pieces, basically. And I started rolling them up and kind of hitting them out as gifts to people or friends. Um, and, you know, they're like snowflakes. They're all, everyone is different because you have different scraps to work with um, each time and so you can never make the same one twice. And so I made a bunch of those and then I still, you know, I still make batches. I'll do a couple big pieces and then I'll have a ton of scraps and then I'll make a batch of party rolls. Um, and then I was like, everyone has scraps. Everyone, you know, who is a maker or even if you're not a maker, like you have clothes you don't wear anymore. You have textiles lying around totally. your house. like. Let's just, you know, turn this into something that I can send people, but also put beautiful fibers in the, the kit as well. So I designed these looms with, um, with this woodworker, Martin Alexander is his name, he's wonderful. Um, and he designed the loom so that I could fit it in the kit, but then also have it, you know, be easily assembled. Um, and it fit in the kit with all the fibers and all the tools. 
Um, and then the kids were born. Nice. So I try to make a few of those whenever I have, you know, the looms available and the materials. Do you have instructions in there? Like, do you think yeah, these are, be- are these beginner friendly? These are beginner friendly. Awesome. There's instructions included. There's also, um, I made reels. Nice. <laughs> for Because I was just like, how can I keep it all in one place? Um, and so I was like, I'll just do six or so reels on Instagram. And so there's one that's like, how to assemble the loom, how to warp the loom, how to start your weaving. It's just, you know, it's a tiny weaving essentially is what it is. Right, right. Um, how to finish your weaving and you know, cut it off the loom. That's so those are all on Instagram. That's awesome. I, I also yeah. love that it's like a no waste, um, you know, a no waste endeavor. Because you're right. I mean, there's scraps everywhere. And, there's scraps everywhere. And it also makes – so that does that mean everybody's kit is kind of like one of a kind-ish? Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I'll make I'll make probably anywhere from two to four um, um, of the same color. So, mm-hmm. I'll, at each batch I put out is like, you know, four colors, say, and then there's two or three of each color or something like that. So, yes. there's only – a limited amount of each color because the fibers I put in there are also repurposed. They're mm-hmm. not my scraps, but they are purchased from de-stash sales yep. or given to me by friends, you know, who don't want to use them anymore or from my own personal collection. Um, so they're not fibers purchased for the kits. Right, basically. right. Awesome. So they're mo- yeah. the most eco yeah, eco-friendly, reuse, upcycled <laughs> type of situation. That's awesome. The, yeah, the, I, love I it. try to think of every aspect. There's no plastic, you know, in the kit. I really try to make it as eco-friendly and sustainable as possible. That's awesome. Cool. Well, what do you feel like with your business? I know that you're like very busy, and you're, you know, you are taking commissions right now. Min- minimal commission. I don't know. I don't know. What? What? You tell me. What's your situation? <laughs> and where? And ultimately, I'm wondering where would you like to see your business go in the next few years? Yeah. So I take commissions kind of as I can. I love them. I was so scared of them at first, but then when I started doing them, I I realized it's really just a collaboration between you and someone else yeah. with you know an idea that they want to see come to life. So I'm much more comfortable doing commissions now than I was a couple of years ago. Um, And I'll try to take, you know, a batch at a time and then I'll close them. So I'll open the window for, you know, a handful of them for a month or two and then I'll close them um, so I can catch up on my own pieces that I want to do and my own um, ideas because that's how this whole thing started I have to keep doing that if I stop doing that then you know I feel it and I get a little anxious yeah yeah that's so great that you have that balance I think it's probably one of the hardest things to do with this kind of business is find that balance between like um you know staying creative in the pieces that you want to do and but knowing that like knowing you're getting paid (laughs) you know what I mean like I think yeah, it's a really hard balance to strike. So that's it awesome is. that you're able to find it. Well, it's yeah. constant. It's a constant, you know, push and pull. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I have these days where I think I figured it out. And then I have to kind of step back and reassess sometimes. Yeah. Um, depending on the needs of the time. But because um, my schedule, it's getting more consistent now, you know, the time that I can spend in the studio. Um, but it wasn't for so long. So having time now is kind of like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. What do I want to do? (laughs) Totally. Um, I like to keep teaching. I started doing that last spring, I think. Um, And I taught a bunch of classes last year. And that was so fun. And I didn't think I would enjoy it because I get so nervous, Um, you know, talking two people yeah yeah well especially now we're out of practice I know I much prefer I'm so much better with like a one-on-one conversation than standing up in front of two people and I was just like no I'm not gonna do it um but then I was like we're all coming out of COVID like Mm -hmm. we're all out of practice this is the best time to try it you know because I'm I'm not alone and then I did it and I was like oh my gosh we're all so excited to you know be here with each other and making um, so I'd like to keep doing that and I'd like to make, I just always want to make bigger pieces. I'm mm-hmm. just really, those are my favorite ones. Mine too. The ones 
that just take up the whole wall and because for me it's it's such a meditative practice and on those big guys you know they take I don't know 35 plus hours sometimes yeah. but that's just me you know nodding and working and in the zone and it's just the best I agree. I love the big ones. That's the dream is like to, I think is like to be commissioned to make the big ones so that you can just, and it's like, uh, yeah, there's just so much freedom, so much freedom in the big ones. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Because, and even if, you know, I, sometimes I get bored of something I'm doing and so then I'll just switch it up right there in the same piece, you know? Right. I think sometimes that shows more than others. If it's like I've done some pieces that are like, you know, patchwork or, you know, there's like a little piece here of one technique and then right next to it is a totally different technique. And it's because I just got bored of that one technique. And so I did another technique and tried to make it, you know, all tied in together with, you know, the colors or or the materials or in some other way. So it's always like a big puzzle. I love puzzles. So it's just a bigger puzzle and it takes me a little more time to figure it out. But when I do, it's just the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, you have a very special way of being able to tie things back in together that one wouldn't normally think would work, but then you make it happen. It's like, it's really cool. It's really cool. Thank you. Sometimes I go like a little bit too. It's just like whenever I have an option to get weird, I take it. Yes. That's, but that's like the what best I tell part. Myself. And so, but then I get like a little like, like bring her back in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So I have, you know, had to go in sometimes and like untie, you know, many sections just to be like, okay, let's like rein it in a little right, bit here right. to make it more cohesive. Let's be reasonable. Let's be reasonable here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I like it. The weirder, the better. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to like um, put out there or, you know, let the world know about? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. I'm just, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, Cindy. Thank you oh, so much. This is so much fun. I feel Yay. like I've known you for years, but I've never actually talked to you. I know, I know. I tell you, like, we face don't. like this. I know, totally. I know. Even like DMing, I don't know that we've done that much of it, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah I'm super glad I got to get to know you and understand, like, you know, where your creative brain came from and all of that. You're so yeah. awesome. And I am you, you very too. much looking forward to um, putting another piece behind me. So, yeah, you guys, like if – oh, so, yes, if you guys are listening, I would suggest you go to YouTube and watch the YouTube a little bit because you can see all of Meg's uh, – a bunch of Meg's pieces behind her in her studio, mm-hmm. in her garage studio. You're so lucky, by the way, Southern California, that you can have a garage studio. I'm so jealous. I know. I know. <laughs> pretty it's my happy space yeah totally oh so nice um but yeah so you guys watch the youtube and um oh yeah and so behind me the reason i'm switching out the monstera is because i feel like my green hair is like with green in the background it's a little too much green so we're gonna put some color behind me i'm gonna go crazy plus i feel like i'm in like a real bright color mood lately um like even with like i feel like with clothes and just in general like i'm like I don't know. I'm definitely feeling colors. I'm into it. I'm ready. Yeah. You're ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I wonder if it's like a post-pandemic. I guess if we can – I'm going to say yes, we're kind of post-pandemic. So I wonder – I feel like it's like – yeah, it's like a sign of the times that people are just like they're ready for more joy and – Totally. We're we're ready. Post-pandemic, post-winter. Totally. I get it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Meg. And once again, if you can just let people know where to find you. Yeah, sure. It's just um, at Meg Spitzer on Instagram and MegSpitzer.com is my website. Awesome. Thanks so much again. I know I will be talking to you soon. Thank you, Cindy. Bye. Bye. I don't hang up. I'm going to stop the recording. Hold on. Uh, Okay. How do you feel? I feel good. I don't know. I was so nervous. Are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't uh, have to be. I was so nervous. Yeah. But you made it so easy. Oh, good. Thank you. You didn't seem nervous to me at I all. Just, I've never, like, 
I don't really, I don't do reels. I don't do like yeah, videos. I, I don't, I'm not in front of the camera that much. And so I was just like, oh. <laughs> no, well, you were great. It was awesome. Um, you yeah. made it easy. You're so good at this. And I'm oh, just like thanks. obsessed with your podcast. So I'm just such, oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I second course. guess myself very like all the time with this podcast. And I still get nervous before all of them. Even I tell I like tell people not to be nervous, but I'm like, you know, you do, you are. It it happens. Yeah. You're putting um, yourself out there. Anything you put yourself out there, you're gonna be nervous. Totally. So. And there's it's, always like a fear for me, I'm like, can I always keep the conversation going? Like I just need to, you know, you gotta keep it going for an hour. But yeah, you, know, you made that yeah. very easy too. So I mean it flew by for me. So yeah. that's, that's all you. That's a lot about you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. I try. Um, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I think I'll probably get this out sometime in the next two. I have like two in the can. So one, I don't know, it might be three weeks. But um, if you can send me a photo or, mm-hmm. I, or I can just choose one from Instagram, one or two or three from Instagram. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. But even Whatever if you can get there. a shot of like you in front of what you have set up is like pretty awesome if you don't have that okay. already. I how, yeah, I was like, how do you not have a shot of this studio? It's weird, like, because there's skylights in here. The light so, is like, really weird. tricky. Yeah. Um, and I can't control it. <laughs> I just never yeah. know what it's going to do. And I can't ever find, like, it's like, just right like, now cold. is good, actually. It's yeah, cold. I, I live in, like, the light is cold. Like, oh. where I usually take pictures is, like, warmer light like but because it like bounces off i don't know i'm yeah. not a light expert but um well, you're i want to well, do more you are a post-production person so i think you can figure that out i mean that's the irony of this whole thing right it's like i went to school for this crap i can't even figure out how to do it i know Thank you so much, Meg. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on naromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.